ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Well, here's some financial news you might have missed. Microsoft has pulled ahead of Apple and is now the most valuable company, perhaps of all time. Back in the late 1980s, Microsoft was the world's largest personal computer company. It was well ahead well ahead of Apple and the others. And then, of course, came the iPhone, and Apple took off, and for the past decade has been the stock market's undisputed king. But for but it first overtook ExxonMobil as the world's most valuable company in 2011 and uh, managed to hold onto the, onto the title almost without interruption until late last week. But Microsoft is back on top. Market capitalization of three point one two trillion, T four trillion. I know, it's a surprise. <laughs> Peter Marks is a software developer and technology analyst from Access Informatics. Joins Nightlife regularly every fortnight. Peter, good evening. Welcome back to Nightlife. Thanks, Philip. Good to talk to you. It's uh, it's it's quite something, isn't it? Bill Gates would no doubt be proud. His creation top of the charts again. How does how does Microsoft make money these days? Well, it's changed. The old Microsoft made money through Windows and Office licenses. Hmm. So typically, Windows was bundled with a new personal computer and Office was sold in a box at a computer shop. But in this latest earnings release for quarter two 2024, revenue was US $62 billion, up 18% compared to the equivalent quarter last fiscal year. Pretty impressive. Two areas stand out. And they're quite new compared to the old Microsoft. Firstly, they completed the purchase of games maker Activision Blizzard, who make games like Call of Duty. And secondly, the cloud computing business made over half of their revenue at $33.7 billion, and that was up 24%. Now, Satya Nadella, the chairman and CEO in the meeting, said, we've moved from talking about AI to applying AI at scale. Now, I'll come back to what that means for us soon. Other areas of interest, Office 365 Consumer was just 5%. LinkedIn, which of course is owned by Microsoft now, was up 9%. Xbox was up 61%, but that includes the Activision acquisition. Most disappointing was devices, which includes the Surface products, which were down 9%. So, Phil, Microsoft has a bigger financial base than governments of countries, including Norway, Indonesia, Denmark, Thailand, Portugal, and Ireland. And I laugh about Ireland because, ironically, they get a generous tax break from Ireland. Mm. Yeah, Microsoft might be worth a lot of money as the world's richest company. But I think many listeners would be thinking, hang on, that doesn't compute. Didn't Microsoft get everything wrong? I mean, they lost the dominance they want, they once had. What was their peak? Yeah, during the, light, the late 1990s and early 2000s, Windows dominated the personal mm. computer market with over 90% of machines. Windows 95, 98 and XP were particularly successful. At the time, computer hardware was still in that Moore's Law phase where it got mm. so much better every two years that most people would upgrade the hardware and, of course, they'd get a new version of Windows bundled with it. PC makers were pretty much locked into bundling Windows as Microsoft required them to pay per computer shipped, not just per copy of Windows, a practice which you would have to say looks rather monopolistic today. Now, although Microsoft was a little slow to realise that the internet was going to change computing, when they did get on board, they had a huge success with the web browser 
Internet Explorer. We used to call it Internet Exploder. By the mid-2000s, Internet Explorer had a virtual monopoly with a market share of about 95%. Microsoft had killed off uh, competition from the Mozilla browser, browser by bundling IE with every copy of Windows, and they were actually prosecuted for anti-competitive actions at the time. I was a web developer in those days, and for me it was a dark time because IE had many quirks, and they tried, they, they, you know, we had to make HTML that would work with IE, but was strictly not correct as far as other browsers were concerned. Phil, Microsoft also added many Windows-only features to IE, like ActiveX controls. So they were trying to lock people into Windows, and they really fought against the cross-platform dream that the web gives us. Many saw that as a mistake. Mm. Yes, that's right, exactly. They... Um they made a number of mistakes, as you say, too. They were, uh, mm. I mean, they were, the big thing was surely music players and phones, wasn't it? Yeah, they were a bit slow to recognise quite a few changes. In 1995, the then CEO, Bill Gates, suddenly woke up to the fact that the what he called the internet tidal wave was about to hit them. Mm. They hesitated, I think. I think they wanted personal computers to stay personal and not be networked except in the maybe in the corporate office. Um, as you said, uh, the music player, they missed that. Uh, Post-iPod in 2006, they entered the portable music market with a thing called the Zoom. Do you remember the Zoom? There used to be stands in shops full of non-working Zooms. They yeah. came in a wonderful colour scheme, including brown. I think they were brown. <laughs> uh, they just couldn't get any market share for, away from the iPod and they gave up in 2012. In 2007, when Apple launched the iPhone, then Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer lampooned them. He said the price was too high and he predicted they'd get 2 or 3% of the market. So they were slow to introduce the Windows mobile phone. I don't know if you remember them. There was somebody oh, on that's my a, bus that's, a, that's akin to the, what was it, the CBS executive who said of the Beatles, oh, no one's interested oh, yeah. in guitar bands anymore. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Wouldn't you to hate to be one of those people who turned down you know, oh. one of those books or whatever? Yeah. So look, Windows mobile came late and by that time iPhone and Android had got all the market share. So they never got traction and they gave up on that in 2017. Now, with cloud computing, which now makes up more than half their revenue, they were slow to enter that too. They let Amazon Web Services get an early lead. Since then, they have done very well, and Microsoft Azure, as they call it, is catching up to Amazon. It's still behind. Current growth is powered particularly by AI cloud demand, and, they, of course, they host ChatGPT. The do, why, is, didn't, why didn't they just disappear, in a way? Given Microsoft? The, yeah. In a sense, well, given given all these failures we're talking about, there was, these are key failures. Yeah, uh, plenty they, of other tech companies have disappeared. That's true. I think they did have a good uh, sticky base with Windows. One of the big things I they did with Windows. I suppose that's true. Isn't it? Windows was the thing, wasn't it? There and was... and Windows always ran on cheaper hardware than the competitors. Mm. Although there's Linux around, of course now. Mm. And it was pretty sticky. Microsoft did a good job of making sure that new versions of Windows ran older software. So they would always make sure there was back compatibility. And that that was a problem for them. It meant that they had this legacy cost because every time they did something new, it might break something. So they did do it. But I think the corporate customers in particular 
really like that. Mm. There's some other things they missed too. They also missed search. I mean, Google search launched in 1997. Well, that, the, that's the thing, isn't it? Yes, that's right. They, I mean, Google just, just invented search, didn't they, in a way? Well, do you remember that time? I can remember using AltaVista yes, and HotBot. I, yep. I re- uh, there, were, there was this rich number of different search engines, but then one day people used to say, hey, have you tried this one? And you'd try mm. you know, Yahoo or something. Well, I remember here on the ABC we used to say, just go, just find this on your favourite search engine, of which yeah. there were some, but, I mean, not, not anymore. So, I mean, Microsoft was late to that too, but I can remember, you know, we, when I first used Google, I thought, gee, it's actually ranking things correctly because you used to have to go through page after page, but mm. the Google ranking was really good. So they launched their own search engine called Bing in 2009, and it's really struggled to gain market share partly because Google pays Apple to be the default search engine on phones. So today, Google has a 91% share of search and Bing is just 3%. Mm. They also missed wearable technology, things like fitness trackers from Fitbit, Google and Apple. And of course, wearable devices, again, are a very... Uh, personal device they're very sticky if you're you know you've got all of your steps and your health and everything in one device you're unlikely to switch but phil i think the most damaging failing was losing the browser wars as i said they once had 95 percent of internet users google chrome now dominates with safari number two on at 19 percent, but that's because of iphones microsoft's latest browser edge is it just at 5%, despite mm. them using all sorts of dastardly tricks to try and get people onto it? <laughs> yes. Um, I, one of the things about those kinds of market monopolies is that people get so used to it, a bit like Windows, don't they, that mm. you know, there's no incentive really to, sit, to try another product. That's right, and that's why the browser is really critical. I mean, it, it, you do everything, you do a lot of your work through the web, so basically the browser is your computer, if you like. That's mm. your kind of your desktop. And having control of the browser well, it allows you to put things, your products, in you know, that little world. They, they had lost out when they went to this new version of Edge. They, you know, they quickly realized that they had to do something about Internet Explorer. It was quirky and it was insecure. So they created Edge, but Google Chrome in the meantime had become popular while they blinked. And like the old days of IE, websites would make sure that everything worked properly, like your banking mm. site and all the booking sites and everything, on the dominant web browser, which was now Chrome. And so users would choose Chrome to get the smoothest experience. The other problem for Microsoft is that the Chrome browser integrates with people's Google accounts. So it makes it easier to get things like Gmail, Photos, Docs and Drive. And of course, searches naturally go to Google and Bing doesn't get a look in at all. Now, Chrome's source code is based on the open source Chromium project. So in 2020, Microsoft switched Edge to be based on that same source code as Chrome so that it had better compatibility with much of the web. The Edge browser is now the default in Windows 10 and later, and you would think that would be enough. If you've ever Hmm. installed Chrome on Windows, I don't know if you've tried this, You'll see all the tactics they use to try and get you to go over to Edge. So firstly, I I set up a Windows 11 machine recently, and the first thing I did was go google.com slash Chrome, and this pop-up appeared inside the Google web page saying, what are you doing? Edge is really good. Go back to Edge. (laughs) And it continues to harass you. It pops up even after you've used it for a while. It says, you know, look at the benefits of Edge. You should be doing it. It, It's amazing use of the the platform. (laughs) So they actually have some even more devious tactics on at the moment. Um, If you're using Chrome, 
what Edge will do is if, if you launch it, and you kind of get forced to launch it every now and then, if you, if you do something like look at weather or news on Windows, it goes to Edge, even though you've set Chrome as the default. But what they've been doing recently is they've been reaching into Chrome and copying over your accounts, your bookmarks and extensions. It also even copies over your open tabs. And this behavior has recently become the default every time you launch Edge. So <clears throat> anytime you do a search, you know, you're in Edge, but it's trying to get you to make that the default. So these tactics, I think, are devious and anti-competitive. They should basically win market share just by being better, not by tricking users. So I think their biggest advantage right now is potentially, as you mentioned, the burgeoning AI sphere. Mm. Peter Marks is with us, software developer, technology commentator from Access Informatics. We're talking tech. So Mark, we're talking about how Microsoft has become the biggest company maybe that the world's ever seen. We'll talk about that in a, in a moment. You say they've got back the. I mean, their main well, the main parts of their business that have got them there are cloud computing. But but in particular, they've invested heavily in AI, haven't they? In open AI. Yeah. They're they're behind ChatGPT, for example, and uh, almost everyone seems to think this is the next explosion. Yes, and Microsoft has been quick to jump on board. They haven't missed this boat. Satya Nadella has said this is the next thing, and they're right on top of it. Mm. They invested a billion dollars in OpenAI, and in return they have exclusive access to OpenAI's GPT models. They're bringing it to market in the form of a thing called Copilot, which is currently available on the web. But most importantly, and where we're going to see it as users, is it will soon be integrated into Windows and Office. So later this year, in an update to Windows 11, Hmm. you're going to see a chat window, which can be launched by pressing the Windows key and C. And I note that they're actually planning to add a special key, another key. You know how we've got the Windows key on keyboards? There's going to be another key just for launching Copilot. There'll also be a co-pilot sidebar docked on the right of the screen that watches what you're doing and offers help. It's a bit like Clippy. Do you remember Clippy? Mm. You'd be writing in Microsoft Word and it would suddenly pop up this animated thing and say, oh, it looks like you're writing a letter. Do you want me to help you? And people Mm. would go, go away. Mm. (laughs) So it could be a smarter version of that. Copilot will also replace Cortana, which is the thing where you can talk to your computer and get it to control Windows settings and launch applications. I don't use that very much. But I think most interestingly is the integration of Copilot into the Office suite. So in Microsoft Word, it will help you draft documents. Uh, It can summarize text, explain text. It can combine documents. It can do things like transforming text into a table or maybe a chart. Uh, in PowerPoint, it will create a presentation and act as your, what they call, storytelling partner. It will take text and turn it into a slideshow, including speaker notes. In Outlook and Teams, it'll be able to catch you up on a thread and suggest action items and follow-up meetings. So mm. these are compelling features and we will pay for them. Currently, they run in the cloud All the AI stuff at the moment requires a lot of computing. And um, as I mentioned, they're doing that in Azure. But I think what's going to happen is in the future, we're going to see AI features built into devices. So that'll be another excuse to buy more computers or newer computers. Mm -hmm. So some of that can be done locally. So I think that Microsoft has learned from past misses. And CEO Satya Nadella is working hard to catch the AI wave. 
Apple at this point is behind in AI. Say, I was going to say, what's Apple going to do about this? Or is... Well, Siri is pretty dumb, and uh, yeah. I hope they've got something big to show when they roll out iOS 18. Uh, they'll announce it in June. Probably. Siri just seems a bit old-fashioned compared to AI, doesn't it? It does. I know, and if you ask it something uh, in general, it'll go, ah, I searched the internet and I found these results. And that's not what we expect these days with things like ChatGPT. We want it to actually know and give us the answer. That's right. Hmm. So Microsoft, you know, they're, at the moment they're, they're going great guns. They're the most valuable company in history, arguably. Uh, but AI is a rapidly evolving technology. Large language models can do amazing things, but will make mistakes and they will be used for evil. Microsoft's market share, uh, sorry, Windows market share, Microsoft's Windows market share is currently... 85%, still pretty good, but it's followed by Mac OS at 11% and growing, particularly in the US. I think it's hit 16 now, so still very high. And as I said, people these days care less about the operating system. They, they are more concerned with things like the browser. Sure. So, Philip, you know, Google has AI plans too, and they've just renamed their large language model to Gemini. I don't know if you've played with that yet. It's very good. Mm -hmm. I expect we're going to see that deeply embedded into the Chrome browser soon. And if Microsoft doesn't do something to get people off Chrome, that's a real threat to them. Mm, interesting. All right. Is, you, you said that Microsoft was the most valuable company of all time. <laughs> but in price-adjusted terms, is that actually the case? Well, yes, you raise a good point. Um, yes, I know people are saying it's the most you know, numerically valuable yeah. company of all time. But in fact, if you go back in history, the Dutch East India Company, which was around in the 17th century, has an estimated value adjusted for inflation somewhere between $7.9 trillion and $9 trillion. It dominated global trade. But note that it ultimately collapsed, which perhaps goes to show that <laughs> nothing is too big to fail. Exactly. Peter, always great to talk. Thank you. A pleasure, Philip. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.